This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate. Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. This is our first show in the month of February, and I'm here with the world-famous Ted Walshin. Good morning, Ted. How are you? Thank to you. And by the way, that's a really nice-looking shirt and a nice-looking pair of slacks. You, <laughs> you beat me to it, you bugger. I, I, knew, I was going to do the exact same thing to you. Yeah. What because, we're trying uh, to tell everybody here without saying anything <laughs> is today is National Compliment Day. Yeah, pay a compliment day. Pay a compliment day. Yeah. Here I thought. Here I thought you were just really like admiring my shirt and my slacks. Did you say slacks? Do people still, I still say use slacks. that? Is that still a thing? Slacks? I don't I know. Was, I don't know. I, I mean, don't I think, know. I've never used that word in my life. I have no idea why I just did. Okay, I was gonna say. I think because I never use that word. Slacks. I've. I don't think I've ever used it either. Of course. I mean, most people I think just say pants. Anyway. Ooh. Anyway. Um. Yeah, that's funny. You beat me to it there. But anyway, yes, uh, happy pay a compliment day as well as happy Canadian maple syrup day. Every day should be pay a compliment day. Every day should be. <laughs> yes. Because you sure. can't pay a compliment to someone. It makes them feel good. And subsequently, yeah. you feel good making them feel good. And, you know, and because because we are Canadian, every every day should be National Maple Syrup Day, too. Yeah, I can, I like it, but I like it in small doses and only on pancakes or a waffle. Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm going to be doing an interview um, with uh, Lynn Crawford. She's a, a well-known Canadian television celebrity chef, cookbook author. She's one of the uh, celebrity judges yeah. on uh, Wall of Chefs, the television show on the Food Network. And uh, in her fridge, there's a segment they do where every show they take one of the 12 judges what are the, the main ingredients in your fridge? And the various contestants have to use those ingredients to cook with. And so she says, I have three things in my fridge at all times. Spinach, Parmigiano-Reggiano, which she says is the best cheese in the world, mm-hmm. and maple syrup. She says, there's so many things you can do with maple syrup other than just put them on pancakes. Yeah, well, that's what I was trying really to say. Good, good in, in a citrus salad, right? Because it neutralizes the acidity. They're good to use uh, for marinades. Listen to you. To Brian as well. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. And I think we probably should remind the listeners if uh, we sound a little different or a little glitchy, because I think you glitched out for a second there. It's because we're still not in the studio, nope. but we expect to be back to the studio very soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so apologies for any, you know, glitches. Sound, sound glitches. Yeah. Last I, week, I start doing that. You'll know why. Yeah. Well, maybe. On purpose. I know you did. So it also happens to be, and I, and I just got to say this because I have one comment to make about National Chopstick Day. Yes. But with respect, of course, to our Asian listeners and chopstick users around the world. I don't get it. 
And uh, <laughs> I just I just don't get it. That's just my thought. And hopefully, hopefully it didn't offend too many of our listeners. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> but, uh, that's just that's just my opinion on that. You're basically, essentially, Jason, what you're saying is you don't know how to use chopsticks. Does anybody know how to use chopsticks? Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. or is everybody just faking it? Like, I don't know. No, but, I don't think uh, everybody's faking it. it. It looks like everybody's faking it when I see it in action. But uh, I love Asian food. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. And it's my it's my go to if I'm out and about, and I wouldn't have a clue how to make anything Asian at home. Is it okay to say Asian? Am I? Uh, yes. Am I being politically correct? You're fine. Okay. Anyway, I think you know what I'm trying to say. I do. It's all good, especially the crispy Szechuan beef, which is hard to find. That's, it is. It's amazing. You, like, you, it's you amazing. like it really spicy? No, medium spicy. Hey, man, Scottish people don't like spicy, but uh, we can't handle it. It just makes you sweat. But yeah. You know, Tasty, tasty, spicy. Do you know what I was watching talk about food the other day? And I didn't realize this. I was watching the, I can't remember who, who show it was, but they were talking about the um, history of different foods. Fried chicken, southern fried chicken, which is I mean, hugely popular in, in, the, in the southern states. Did you know where fried chicken comes from? Flaves. Two places in the world that they mentioned it, that it came, comes from. Tell me. West Africa and Scotland. Oh, never heard that before. Yeah. Fried chicken, apparently. Okay. While most people in Europe were, were boiling chicken or braising it or whatever, they were, was, the Scots were frying it. Was the colonel of Scottish descent? I don't know, but he lived uh, in Mississauga for a while. Really? Get out yeah. of here. Yeah, we did. Colonel Sanders lived in Mississauga. Harlan Sanders. Sanders. If you drive by the Mississauga Hospital, which is in uh, here, Ontario, and the Queensway, one of the wings is the Colonel Harlan Sanders. Uh, he donated like a million dollars to the hospital. Back in like the seventies or eighties, like when a million dollars was a million dollars, not like today when a million dollars is a down payment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. He did. He oh, I, I, I totally believe you, but it's not the cooking show, despite what it sounds like so far this morning on this uh, beautiful Sunday morning. We're glad you're here with us on the Avoid Probate Show. We've got a jam-packed show as usual, and we are going to talk about probate stuff. I'll use. Uh, I'll take a page out of the professional broadcaster's notebook here that Ted Walsh gave me, and uh, say when we get back. This is the teaser, I think. Ted, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. We're gonna. I'm gonna share uh, a story about a very recent court decision relating to a battle over beneficiaries, and you know how that all relates to probate. We'll tie it all together. But it's uh, hot off the presses. It just landed in my inbox this week. And we'll talk about that as soon as we get back from this quick break. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember, insert your name, and we're heartbroken because, insert your name, did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of, insert your name, have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back. You're listening to the Avoid Probate Show, also known as Food Network on Radio. (laughs) Yes. How come I'm hungry all of a sudden? Yeah, no kidding, eh? 
So we were just talking, we were just talking to Kelly, our, our producer, about Colonel Harlan Sanders, and she knew he was from Mississauga. You didn't believe me until she said, yeah, he is. He's from Mississauga. Well, he lived in Mississauga. He's not originally from Mississauga. Listen, man, I, I believe everything that Kelly says, okay? No offense. Yeah, she didn't believe me. By the way, yeah, believe me when I tell you, you can find out all kinds of great information by going to our website, avoidprobate.ca. There's a free probate calculator. You can play with that, get an idea how much probate might be payable on your estate. You can also listen to past episodes of this program as well. And in the meantime, if you'd like to uh, send us an email, you may do so. Yes, and we'll receive it at info at avoidprobate.ca or call toll-free 1-844-667-7628. And Jason, will get back to you almost immediately. Lickety split. Okay. Hey, get it? Food stuff? Lickety split. Anyway, that was bad and un- unintended. But the calculator, yeah, I want to just add, you know, a listener who tried the calculator, had some problems with it, and took the time to report that to me. And I'm grateful and appreciate that because it has um, had a glitch here and there in, in the past, and believe you me, we've got a, a full-on IT department who takes care of this stuff. It's, it's not me, that's for sure. And anyway, it's working. So I'm sorry if you had any problems with the calculator uh, recently. Try it again. I don't know. I, did, I didn't have the same problem that the listener had. Uh, it seemed to be working just fine for me. So anyway, if you, I apologize if you had any problems with it. But, but try it again. And if it's not working, please let me know. Anyway, I said we were going to talk about a recent court case so it's a little dry, kind of, but it's powerful stuff. I mean, I, I guess it is for me anyway, because this is what I do. So I'm just going to start with uh, an article that uh, describes the case a little bit, saying that it, it's common practice to include a standard revocation clause in a will to explicitly confirm that by executing the will, the testator has revoked all prior wills and testamentary instruments. While a standard revocation clause may seem comprehensive, there is one type of instrument that may escape its reach, and that is a beneficiary designation. So this issue recently came up in a court case called Algers v. Crum. Those are the names of the parties, Algers v. Crum. This is public information, and the deceased in this case executed her final will after she had already executed beneficiary designations for her RIF and TFSA accounts. Now, remember, like regular listeners will know this, most people should know this, that you can put a beneficiary on a registered account. Those are examples of registered accounts. The RIF and the TFSA are, are considered registered accounts because they have strings attached to them. It's I don't, I don't know how to describe, I'm, I should know better by now how to describe a registered account, but there's rules and regulations and stipulations and controls and all that stuff. It's not just cash that you can do whatever you want with. There's limits to how much you can put in. Sometimes mm. there's limits to how much you can take out, That's right. et cetera. Okay, so those are registered accounts. The RSP is probably the best known form of registered account, but we're not talking about an RSP in this case because she'd already converted her RSP to a RIF in this case. Moving on. While the will included a clause revoking, quote, all wills and testamentary dispositions of every nature and kind, end quote, the will did not explicitly refer to either the RIF or the TFSA. So the issue before the court was whether the standard revocation clause revoked the beneficiary designations that the will didn't speak to specifically. And this is a good time maybe to remind the listeners that uh, this is why 
you, most people have to go through the probate nightmare because when you walk into the bank, you know, your mom passes away, you walk into the bank and say, Hey, I'm junior. Here's, here's mom's will. And yeah, it, it has this revocation clause that revokes all other wills, but the bank doesn't know that, that it's true. The bank doesn't know that it's legit. The bank doesn't know if there really is another will or a newer will. This could be the old will. It could be the will you wrote this morning or last night, you know, whatever. And that's why the bank says, okay, all right. Yeah, cool. Yeah, sorry about your mom, but we're not going to do anything here until you go to the province and get the province to approve this will, rubber stamp it, pay the province the pound of flesh that they that, that is the death tax, also known as the probate fee, and then come back and show us that you've done this, and we'll talk because that lets the bank off the hook. But that could take a year. Jumping ahead to the mailbag, I'm going to spoil a mailbag item right now by telling you I talked to a gentleman in Milton whose brother's estate took five years to settle. That's amazing. Five years. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know the details as to why, but it just it happened. Well, we hear this. We hear this every day. We get these calls every single day. These horror stories about probate, and obviously we can't share all of them. We share some of them, and we'll do that later on in the show. Getting back to the court case, though, hope you didn't lose your train of thought there. You're still following with us here. So, so the judge found that the TFSA and RIF designations had not been revoked. To achieve the result, the will would have had to specifically refer to the revocation of the beneficiary designations as required by the Succession Law Reform Act. We did a whole show talking about the Succession Law Reform Act, the SLRA, months and months ago. I don't remember what what month it was, but it'll be available uh, as one of the podcasts, which you can find through the website, voidprobate.ca. There's a button that you can listen to the podcast, which which is another word for past shows. Strange. I know it's strange. It's new to me, too. Podcast equals past show recording somehow they're all there and specifically this law this requirement refers to subsection 52-1 of the slra it states that quote a revocation in a will is effective to revoke a designation made by instrument only if the revocation relates expressly to the designation either generally or specifically this is fascinating. I think this is extremely fascinating. Most people, Ted, you know, I, I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody would say, avoid probate.ca. Oh, um, uh, we're okay. We have our wills. We have our wills and powers of attorney. We're good. We don't have to worry about probate. Man, you know, like people, when we did uh, the Zoomer show, which we, which we did a couple of times pre-COVID, when Zoomer had a, a trade show, I don't know what you would call it, a trade show, I guess, at the... Intercare building of the CNE, and we were a vendor. We were one of the vendors at the show because we, you know, we, we we tie ourselves to Zoomer Radio, of course. And the lineup of people uh, at the booth at the Avoid Probate booth. And I had people who told me specifically that they came to the show just to talk to somebody at the Avoid Probate booth because there was a, a list. All the vendors were on a list prior to show date, right. and I mean, it was so flattered, and I was like so hoarse by the end of the day. And, but it was great. We just t- kept talking and, t- and telling people the message that they're, they're like, well, what do you mean? How do you, oh, oh you're trying to sell life insurance. Uh, I don't need life insurance. And a man, if I said it once, I said it a hundred times or a thousand times, it's got nothing to do with life insurance. So I'm going to say it again. It's got nothing to do with life insurance, even though the solution involves the use of a life insurance company, right? 
to do the transfer from the bank where you cannot put a beneficiary on the account, the non-registered account that is. We're talking in this legal case here that there were already beneficiaries on the registered accounts. That's fine. That's a good thing as long as the beneficiary is not the estate. But there could be a reason to do. There could be a reason to make it the estate, but that's rare, and and I just don't. I don't want to confuse the listeners. Anyway, we would do the transfer from the bank normally as a bank where you cannot put a beneficiary on the non-registered account over to the insurance company where the rules are different, and you can put a beneficiary on the account, and by having that beneficiary, it avoids probate. I had this conversation just yesterday with a caller. I won't give you his name, I guess, but he seemed like a pretty smart guy, Seemed sounded like a young man who knew what was going on. In fact, I, I wondered for half a minute there if I was getting tested. Like I, did, I didn't know if it was like somebody from the province calling me or somebody from the law society calling me mm-hmm. just to, you know, t- to test me and see what I was going to say on the phone. Right. Because, you know, we got to be careful of what we say on the radio for obvious reasons. So what we say on the radio and, and maybe what we say on the phone, they might not be exactly the same thing. But so call us if you have questions and um, you want the uncensored version of the story, give us a call. Uh, Ted gave you the number. He'll, he'll give it out again. Uh, he'll probably do that as soon as we get back from this quick break. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. My name is Marilyn, and I avoided probate. Our story begins when Marilyn paid a visit to her mom's bank. She noticed something odd. She had 100% of her money tied up in GICs, making 1%. It wasn't enough to sustain her. She was dipping into her capital big time. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs as she ages. She had acquired power of attorney. No, you can't do anything with her accounts. They're in her name. And that was that. I was overwhelmed by everything. I didn't know what to do. That's when Jason from avoidprobate.ca stepped in. There was a sense of urgency because Marilyn's mother is no spring chicken. This process takes time and I didn't know how much time we had. He walked me through what I should do when I went to the bank, what I should say to them. Not only that, Jason went with Marilyn to the bank. They weren't happy that I was sitting across the table from them in the office and they knew that we were trying to move this money. But I knew that we had a right to do that and that it was the right thing to do. Persistence paid off and we got the transfer done in time. So many seniors have these GICs at the bank. They will be probated. They will be frozen. They're paying next to nothing. And they're locked in with maturity dates. It drives me crazy. I don't understand why anybody buys these things. There are much better options out there. And sometimes we can do this transfer at no cost to the account holder. Should you get in touch with avoidprobate.ca? Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca because by definition, you can't put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at the bank. You can put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at an insurance company. The rules are different. I felt that the banks thought I was a thief, but Jason made me feel so much better. I know we've done the right thing. Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll-free number, but call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you. Have the conversation with your parents and avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628. This is Avoid Probate on Zuma Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Well, good morning and welcome back. This is the Avoid Probate Show and the information we provide to you in this program 
is for general consumption only. It's not intended to provide particular legal or investment advice. Every situation is, of course, different. And so if you have legal or investment questions, you should speak with a licensed expert. Or, of course, you can contact Jason. Info at avoidprobate.ca or toll-free 1-844-667-7628. 1-844-667-7628. Now, you're about to finish your thought from prior to the commercial break. Prior to the commercial break, thank you. We were I was explaining the details of this ruling. This ruling came out recently. This is hot off the presses. And by the way, I think it's worth pointing out that the deceased person whose estate is being challenged here in this case, they passed away in 2005. Well, <laughs> that's That's how long this fight has been going on prior to this recent ruling in 2021. It wasn't, it didn't happen yesterday, but it happened very recently. And boy, I don't know. What's the matter? 16 years later, like something, something ridiculous like that. I mentioned the gentleman who called in whose brother took five years to settle. Well, this, this makes that look like a walk in the park and who knows, who knows what the legal fee, I can't imagine what the legal fees were in this case. And why am I saying this? Because this is the avoid probate show and we call it that for a reason. And I don't, I just keep saying, I don't understand if you can avoid probate at all, at all in any way, shape or form. Why don't you want to do that? And again, most of the time it doesn't cost anything if you're under the age of 85. And I've said this before too. We, we can sometimes, it's very rare, very, very rare that we can't avoid some of the probate. If we get lucky, we can avoid 100% of the probate. I might touch on that again later, but like 98% of the time, we can avoid some of it. And that's that's the message that we're trying to share here with the listeners. And it's amazing how many people are shocked when they hear this story. And they're like, oh, and by the way, just to be clear, it's got nothing to do with Revenue Canada. The probate process is a provincial process. It's a provincial death tax. Because inevitably, somebody says to me, well, but what about the capital gains? And what about the, you know, the house, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. It's got nothing to do with Revenue Canada. It doesn't change any tax, like uh, federal tax liabilities that you might have. They don't change just because uh, you're avoiding probate provincially. But still, you know, the probate, it still makes your life, not your life. If you're the deceased person, you're gone, but it makes your kid's life. Most people are doing this for, for the benefit of their children or somebody so that they don't have to go through what I call the probate nightmare. I'm rambling on here. So let me get back to the rest of the story. I'm almost done. It says, even though beneficiary designations are, and if you're just joining us, by the way, thank you. And I'm I'm referencing a recent court case that uh, where there was a ruling, a very important ruling comparing uh, the powers of the will and the wording of the will to actual beneficiaries that are made at what I call the plan level, the plan level, not in the will, but at the financial institution you can make beneficiary designations. And if it's the insurance company where we want to move the non-registered money to, you can do it on the non-registered account, unlike the bank. So even though beneficiary designations are testamentary dispositions, the judge in this case said, quote, it would be a stretch, unquote, to find that mentioning testamentary dispositions in the revocation clause, quote, accounted to expressly referencing the RIF designation or the TFSA designation, either generally or specifically. If you'll remember before the break, I I quoted the the segment of the uh, Succession Law Reform Act that required the revocation 
to expressly uh, relate to the designation generally or specifically. And the judge is saying that's a stretch here with this standard revocation clause. Uh, the decision in the case is significant because it marks a turnaround from how Section 52 of the SLRA has been interpreted previously. This is interesting. I think so. When faced with the same issue in other cases, I won't name the cases, but there's other cases on the public record, in the public record, whether a standard revocation clause in a will can revoke a beneficiary designation, another judge came to the opposite conclusion, imagine that, finding that the standard revocation clause in that case did revoke a designation. In the Alger's case that I started talking about initially, the judge held that the outcome in the other case was, quote, plainly wrong, unquote, particularly given that the Court of Appeal of Ontario demonstrated in 2001 in yet another case that Section 52 of the SLRA is to be interpreted strictly. When drafting a will, the judge noted that a, quote, cautious approach should be taken and that beneficiary designations being revoked using a will ought to be, quote, expressly referenced. So why am I getting all excited about this case? Well, that's what we're doing at the avoid at avoidprobate.ca. We're we're naming beneficiaries. And I touched on this, I think it was just last week, and I've got to be so careful when I say this. So don't go crazy when you hear me say that maybe, maybe not everybody needs a will. No, don't believe the hype. If if it's possible, I'll I'll just paint this picture. Mom doesn't want to be in the house by herself anymore, sells the house, moves in with Ted Walshin, and her entire her entire estate is now liquid. You know what I mean? Like there's no more real estate. It's all investments. It could just be cash, whatever the investments look like. It could mm-hmm. be whatever. And we're managing it uh, for mom at the insurance company because I'll say this again, the insurance companies today have as many, if not more, investment options than the banks do. So we can do whatever makes mom comfortable in terms of what the portfolio looks like and we can put a beneficiary on it well not just one you know multiple beneficiaries in fact this kind of reminds me i touched a few weeks ago on the fact that uh we're in the process of processing a death claim uh sadly uh one of our clients passed away completely unexpectedly and we're processing that and i wasn't going to mention it because i'm waiting i was planning on waiting until it was all done so that I could share with the listeners how how quickly it got processed. I actually did follow up recently. All I can say is it's almost done. I didn't check the date that I submitted the paperwork. We're talking like two weeks. It's been like two weeks or something like that. We're, mm-hmm. The point I was trying to make, uh, there's multiple beneficiaries, like more than four. I'll just say that. So you can name. you, And we have we have clients with nine, nine beneficiaries. So what I'm trying to say is you can just structure it any way you want. If you want to leave 10% to Sally and and 3% to Bob and 9% to the uh, Salvation Army or whatever you want, okay, fine. So be it. You can do all that. And all that's your entire estate spoken for. Well, what do you need a will for? Someone said to me, well, what about the jewelry? I said, are you kidding? People don't put jewelry in the will. You don't, the will doesn't say I leave this gold necklace to Sally and this ring to, unless you're talking about like the crown jewels or something, you know, it's just, they're called, it's considered personal assets. And our recommendation is put a sticker on the jewelry box and says, this is for Betty. Or People whatever. do that with, with, with artwork as well. Sure. 
go and this is the common practice i think you know go through the house go through mom's house and and make i don't know make a day make an afternoon of it and take a bunch of stickers and and a, and a sharpie and you know and bequeath it like not not today but you know name name the beneficiary <laughs> wouldn't that solve a whole bunch of uh i, I mean i guess there could still be fighting i guess but it certainly should eliminate some of the fighting. Well, so sometimes in some cases as well, I've heard this where jewelry is bequeathed prior to someone, someone's passing. Like the grandmother will take her grandchildren, get them together and say, listen, I want you to have this bracelet. You want you to have this yeah. watch. What you have, yeah. have here amongst the four of, you, four of you, each of you pick one piece of jewelry. You'd take it. Sure. Now. sure. Yeah. Right? Why not? Because um, many cases when people, you know, once you get into your 80s, you've probably accumulated a lot. If, oh if you're goodness. into jewelry, you've accumulated a lot of jewelry over the years, and you certainly don't need to have that much in your possession. Because, you know, I mean, unless you're going out to a to a formal event every night, when are you right. going to wear it all? Right. And and I was recently uh, visiting a client in Guelph. I guess this, I should say this is a good time. You know, we've had a busy a uh, few weeks here and we've been traveling the province because we service the whole province. It's a big province. It's safe to say most of our activity happens in the GTA, but it certainly goes beyond the GTA. I don't know if Guelph, I don't think Guelph's part of the GTA. No. I stand to be corrected on that. But um, this, this lady, a single lady who's very happy client, she's nowhere near 80 and she's, I don't want to say downsizing. She's not, like, she's not selling the house, but she's getting rid of stuff that's in the house already. Mm-hmm. Cause she just says, you know, I don't, I don't need this stuff anymore. I've just, I've realized it's just stuff. This, this is maybe a discussion for uh, our consignment heroes guy. We got to get him back on the show. We do. We do. And, and I'll tell you something interesting that there's just a lot of people who, who have adopted a, a mentality whereby the collection uh, collecting of stuff has got to stop. People are just, it's just like, I mean, how much do you need to, to keep adding on and on uh, and on? Because inevitably when people buy a solar house, they prepare to move, and one of the first things out of their mouths is, I can't believe how many <laughs> things I've got that have been unopened since the last time I moved. How many times yep. have you ever heard people say that? I've heard it said, and I have to tell you, I am guilty of that. And I'm and not, prou- people I'm not are, proud but I think of it. There's, there's a new movement now where people are saying, okay, enough stuff. Yeah, but Ted, Start what do you do, what do, you do with it? it away and just don't buy anymore. But nobody wants it. Like, what do you do with it? I don't get it. Salvation you know? Army. Somebody wanted. That's why God invented garage sales because inevitably somebody wants to buy your garbage. I think you come to their house and buy their garbage. (laughs) Well, that's that does kind of defeats the purpose. But I think at one time, because of elder relatives, elderly relatives, decluttering. To your point, I think we had four cedar chests in the house at one time. Four of them. Wow. Blank, you know, blank blanket boxes. Is that what they're called? Yeah. I call them cedar chests, but I think you know what I mean. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. And they, and they smell great. The cedar is awesome. And that's why they use cedar for the lining and all that stuff. And it's anti-mold and anti-whatever. And it's a it's a beautiful thing. But and, and they make, you know, they make a good end table, I guess. But who, who you know, I don't need four. But anyway, yeah, I, I need to declutter. I get told that all the time. I get accused of being a quasi hoarder. Again, this is a discussion we should get. Uh, is it Paul? Yeah, Paul from uh, Consignment Heroes. He's, he was on the show many, many months ago, one of our first guests. Mm-hmm. I think it was your first show, actually. It could have been my first show. Actually. I think it was, yeah, when you finally found that parking spot and joined, That's joined, right. <laughs> joined us on That's the right. radio. That's right. That's right. 
Speaking of joining us on the radio, we're glad that you're joining us today, but we are going to take one more quick break and we'll be back to talk about stuff in the mailbag. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Well, let's head down to Tom's Place, 190 Baldwin in the heart of Kensington Market. Tom Mahalik is there. I mean, I know it's only February, which is beginning of February, but people are going to be planning for weddings right about now, I would think, huh? Teddy, we're getting a lot of phone call requests. And my advice for everybody who's going to do a wedding this year, do it early. Do your shopping early. Do your research early. Start shopping for your wedding suits, your groomsmen's suit, the beautiful tuxedos. You got to do it early on. It's never too early to be ready. And right now we're receiving all of our spring beautiful groomsmen's suit, spectacular tuxedos. So right now the inventory looks like it's still strong. But don't wait don't wait. I'm telling you, all the guys are saying, well, I got time. I got time. You don't have time. You got to start shopping for your wedding suits right now. And there's no better place than Tom's place. You got it. 190 ball over the heart of Kensington Market. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio. Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back. You're listening to the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Ted Walshen. Jason Ligler is the founder of Avoid Probate Me as well. You can contact him during the week, toll free, 1-844-667-7628, 1-844-667-7628, or fire off an email, info at avoidprobate.ca, and you could be part of this week's mailbag. That's true. Yeah, of course, because we we want to share these letters and calls with the listeners on the show every Sunday morning, because as I've said before, you know, it's, well, it's, it's part of the, uh, the fodder and you could be helping other people. And I hear that a lot. Uh, we get that response a lot. Like, you know, that letter was exactly the situation I'm dealing with or things yeah. like that. So, so yeah, please keep the letters and, and we're happy to help. Even if it's a quick, I had a quick email. I wasn't going to tell the story, but I will now. I had a quick email asking me about whether or not the cottage can be considered a principal residence. It took me 10 seconds to respond you know, that person may become a client one day. I have no idea, but we didn't even talk about anything else. I just said, yes, the short answer is yes. The cottage can be considered your principal residence. You know, hope that helps. Let me know if you need anything else. Two seconds. So don't hesitate to, to write in with your questions. What I want to say, though, is I am super, super stoked. I have breaking news. You ready for breaking news, Ted? I'm ready. You know how I go on about how much I hate these stupid GICs that uh, everybody yes. seems to own. Yes. And, uh, yeah. I was going to get, get you one for your birthday as a gift. <laughs> That's no. funny. Yeah, locked in for five or ten years. Anyway, speaking of locked in, we just successfully unlocked one. We just had a locked in GIC canceled by the institution at, well, the request of the owner. You know, I drafted something called a letter of direction. And I worded it for the institution, giving the institution very specific, clear instructions to cancel this GIC ASAP prior to maturity for the benefit of of the owner and recognizing that there could be an interest rate penalty or a processing fee penalty of some kind. But you know what? The interest rate penalty typically is foregone interest. So, you know, you got a five-year GIC, 
you're in year three of the five years, what the bank's going to say is, oh, yeah, okay, fine, we'll cancel it. But the three years of interest that you've earned so far, you're not going to get it. Well, okay. Last week, we talked about the fact that the regular interest rate was 0.15. And, you know, so who cares? Who cares? I mean, if it's a hundred bucks, because to the, to this client's credit, never mind the probate value. That's why we're doing this. We're doing this mainly to transfer the money from the bank over to an insurance company. And it's Mm -hmm. a lot of money, by the way. It's a lot of money. And uh, we're going to put a beneficiary on it where there was no beneficiary before because you can't, like I said. But to his credit, he said to me, you know, he's not a spring chicken. I know that's that's an offensive term for some people. But you know what I mean? He's, He's not getting any younger. And he has his wits about him today. But he knows that the day could come when that changes. And so he wants to do this stuff. He wants to take care of this business when he knows what time it is. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely it yeah. does. Yeah. So I, I that's the first time I've heard that, by the way, you know, as a motivating factor to do the transfer. Uh, and transfer, he's not 85, so the transfer's not going to cost anything. But I was just, I was so surprised, pleasantly surprised when the financial institution agreed. As a bank they, you're talking about. It's a bank. It's a, it's, it's a Schedule right. 1 bank. It's a bank. Thank you. They agreed reluctantly. They were not happy about it. But the fact of the matter is, it's your money. How right? difficult of a process was that? How long did that take you? It took a little while, and I did follow up. I followed up with uh, head office only because when you call to follow up with, with these people, you get redirected through you know, automated phone systems and all that stuff. And you know, good luck trying to get somebody at the branch. But it's not about the branch. Like the branches, all the powers that the branch used to have are now you know centralized. Uh, at, a, at a head office in the city somewhere, something like that. Yeah. So you get you get some guy on the phone or girl who doesn't have a clue because they, they don't know. They're not at the branch. But I explained that this uh, letter of direction was faxed on this day. And these are, this is the request on behalf of the client. And he signed it. This, just I want to make that clear. The client signed the letter of direction. I, I, drew, I made a special trip to, to get his signature on the letter of direction. Uh, so it's all legit, of course. That's uh, we do things legit here at avoidprobate.ca. We don't cut any corners at all. And I was speaking on behalf of them, and then we got to a point, of course, where the bank says, "Okay, we can't talk to you anymore. We got to talk to him." I said, "Fine, talk to him." And they did, and they gave him the good news, and he called me with the good news, and I did a little happy dance when I heard that good news. So to all the listeners out there with so-called locked-in GICs, think about. The fact that you may not have to wait until maturity because there could be good reasons to move it sooner than later, especially if maturity is two years away or what. I mean, if it's six weeks away, it's going to take, <laughs> it's going to take six weeks to do this anyway, to, to answer your question. Mm-hmm. But if it's, if it's three years away or something like that, no, no, call us and, and we can talk about, you know, trying uh, hopefully with success to get the it's called canceled the the gic was canceled in this case and uh yes there could be a small interest rate penalty but i don't care you know i hope that doesn't sound flippant 100 bucks maybe 200 bucks maybe on you know a hundred thousand dollar gic that you're going to move and avoid probate on and have a death benefit guarantee yeah i I don't think we've mentioned the 100 death benefit guarantee yet today so this is a reminder to regular listeners, that that's an option, a 100% death benefit guarantee on the money that, that's at the insurance company. The banks can't do that either. Okay, I want to tell another quick story uh, in the mailbag. We're still in the mailbag here on the Avoid Probate Show, getting to the end of the show, of course. But anyway, uh, we've had a few 
emails and, and calls and questions about what to do with the brokerage account. So many people, uh, I'll say seniors, but people in general have some kind of brokerage account with individual stocks or shares in the account at uh, you know RBC Wealth or Gundy or whatever the brokerage might be. It could be an online brokerage as well. And sadly, unfortunately, we can't transfer those accounts in kind. I'm going to read right off my screen here from a, a listener who wrote in and it says, hi, Jason, with regard to moving brokerage account to an insurance company, can the account be moved in kind or do the stocks have to be disposed of and the money moved? So the answer to that is yes, the stocks have to be disposed of and the money moved as cash, let's say. And then it gets, we recreate the portfolio on the insurance side, but there's some good news here. You know, you can still get apples, make it apples to apples. If you own shares of the banks, let's say it's only I say that only because it's a common holding. Well, when you get over to the insurance side and you buy the Canadian equity fund that uh, the insurance company offers, it owns all the banks. So it's the same thing, but it's it's just indirect. And there's pros and cons to having it, you know, structured that way. But you can you can stay in the same sector. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. If you own the banks and you want to be in the financial services sector, that's no problem. Uh, I've I said it. You know, there's a there's a hundred investment options at the insurance company. You want to be in the mining sector. You want to be natural resources. You want to be in Asian equities. Whatever technology, uh, real mm-hmm. estate, bonds. The list goes on and on and on. And then you know the other point I try to make is okay. Well, if you're 85 or 90 years old and you've got this portfolio of of uh, securities at a brokerage arm, well, maybe it's a good time to simplify it and take 30 individual holdings down, you know, keep your favorite six or something, I don't know, and let's move the rest of it so that at least some of the money can avoid probate, right? Because you cannot put a beneficiary on the brokerage account. It's a non-registered account. Well, it could be, I, 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 sh- I should correct myself there. It could be an RSP, in theory, but most most of the time, your brokerage account's a non-registered account where you cannot name a beneficiary. So, okay, let's move half of it. It doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing proposition. And dealing with the tax situation today, well, there's pros to that too. I mean, the, the whole idea of simplifying things in as you, in your golden years is to do it for the benefit of your children or your your beneficiaries. Then, you know, dealing with the tax situation at the same time, isn't a bad idea. Otherwise, they're going to have to deal with the tax situation. And it's a lot easier for you to deal with your own taxes than it is for your kid to try and figure it out after you're gone. Make sense? I think it makes sense. You know, I I know we're getting up for time here, but real quick, first meeting with another gentleman last week and a lovely man who heard the show, wanted to meet, wants to talk about the Bear Trust. I haven't mentioned the Bear Trust yet today. Uh, We are going to do a show on the Bear Trust in the very near future. We're putting it together so that it's comprehensive and clear. We're not there. We're not ready yet, but it is coming down the pipe. Anyway, this guy, he needs a Bear Trust like nobody needs a Bear Trust. He's got so much money and property and real estate and the Bear Trust can take care of all of that. The lawyer, remember, we have a lawyer on the team. I'm not the lawyer. He, he calculated that the probate, without the bear trust, the probate bill this guy's looking at is over $2 million. That's the probate bill. Having said that, we're going to wrap it up when we get back from this quick break. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. 
Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember Insert name and we're heartbroken because Insert your name did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of Insert your name have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoid probate.ca. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back. This is the Avoid Probate Show. Ted Walsh and Jason Laidler. And uh, we're just wrapping up the program for this week. We'll remind you, you can get a hold of Jason during the week. Toll free one 667 7628 Email at info at avoidprobate. That's one word, ca. Either way, uh, you'll hear back from Jason. Yeah, somebody called Ted uh, and said, how come you never give out the phone number during your show? I'm like, what? What show are you listening to? Because, yeah, obviously we do give out the phone number during the show. And when you call. Three times right? a week. Say hi to mom. Hi, mom. So uh, hard to believe that we're into February already, Ted. Uh, it's good uh, ice fishing weather, though it's been cold, so the lake's frozen. Yes, yes, it has been. Yeah. Are you going to come ice fishing with me? I have never been ice fishing. Well, there you go. So you need to come ice fishing. You know, it's kind of a neat experience. It's, when you're out on the on – Lake Simcoe is a big, big lake. A lot of people in the city don't know anything about Lake Simcoe. It's an hour north of Toronto, and mm-hmm. the lake is huge. Right, Barry's on on the west side. I'm not. I'm on the southeast side. Anyway, it really is on the north side. Huge lake, so you can get out there and not see land in any direction, and that's a weird feeling. I think it's a weird feeling. But anyway, in keeping with National Pay a Compliment Day, I just want to say you did a great job today, Ted, and uh, and you too, Kelly. Thanks. Kelly's the producer behind the glass, and uh, she always does a great job. But nice try. But, but I wanted to specify yeah. it today. So thanks to Ted Walsh and for his decades of radio excellence. Thank you listeners for joining us today. We're glad you're here and we hope uh, you join us again next Sunday, same time on AM 740. Ted, you good for uh, next Sunday? Yes. And I'll even give you my uh, Super Bowl prediction that day. I had a feeling. You you got somebody you, you I, had a, I had a feeling you were going to throw Super Bowl in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can uh, I, I can bet now with 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 my head, not my heart, because my Green Bay Packers are out of it. So, okay. Well, maybe we'll, we'll talk, talk about that next week. We'll talk about it a little bit next week here on the Avoid Probate Show. Thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler, heard every Sunday at eight a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.